everybody, I'm Adam Hergenrother, and this is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. Today, Hallie and I are on a wonderful journey about clarity and connection. <laughs> That's been, except for that you don't want to, she went to go put on her headphones and it hit Yeah, you. like smacked myself in the face. But you did it twice. <laughs> I that was, did that, it was, twice. that was actually the best part. Where you're like, I was like, what happened? And you like reacted it for me. <laughs> I didn't mean <laughs> to do it the second time. But it was, it was great. Um, but by the way, if uh, I don't, we don't always um, talk about other podcasts in there, but I, I will. I listened to this Lex Friedman podcast um, with a guy who was the most wanted cyber criminal in the world and then was arrested, went to jail, and now is working for the Secret Service FBI. And I tell you, it's like a three and a half hour, it's like a book. But the guy, it's not like it's not like a ton of leadership lessons in there. But if you're looking for something, because you know, our listeners are always looking for something, if you're looking to like to hear the psychology of how criminals work, he really like unfolds it, unpacks it for everybody. And it's just a really, really fun podcast to listen to. Um, so I wanted to throw that out there, everybody, because we were chatting about that beforehand. People always want to know, like, hey, what do you, how do you guys, one of the questions I get is like, how does it start? Like, what, 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 how do you and Hallie kind of start the podcast? And that's I'm talking about a lot of different Yes, we things. do. And that's exactly right. And that's what I was just yeah. sharing. And it's just like, people want to know the backstory of the backstory, like what it looks like. And Hallie, and I always joke people like Hallie comes really prepared for these things. I don't really like to come prepared. It's it's just, semi, but I, we, it's like a blend. Yeah. It's a blend yeah. of things, right? Um, I like to just have options in case you're not feeling particularly um inspired that yes, morning. So I, I have like a backup plan. It's true. It's true. Um, well today I want to start with this quote cause I think, uh, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of question that comes up, uh, either it's around the word contentment or it's around the word, the, the thesis or the, the kind of principled question people tend to ask is how do I have goals, right? Business meets spirituality. How do I have goals? How do I have things that I want to accomplish or how do I set personal or business goals yet still remain in a seat of self, or that's just a big word. How do I remain peaceful, right? How do I do those things? So I think we can really unpack that because that is a, that is a striving question for a lot of people that are on their journey. I think one of the first steps in spirituality in that first process is just awareness. Oh, you become aware that you have this ego. And remember, ego is not bravado. That's a form of it. But I think generally speaking, at least when I grew up, I don't know if you felt the same way, when I grew up, uh, ego was everything about flashy, showing off, look at me type thing. But no. I think it was for me. No, oh, so yeah. mine was about um, the ego came in, in form of achievement, like being the best at like getting great, good grades, yeah. being the leader of the organization, being yeah. in the National Honor Society, being the captain of the sports team. It was always... It was about always, being the best. Yeah. 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 It's never funny about how outfit, never about a material item. Yeah. Well, it's funny. You think about how, and people like bring in the ego, but it's, you know, there's obviously a lot more conversation going on about it and we've done our, you know, our deep work on ourselves for a while now, but it's the ego is way beyond that. Really. The ego just essentially means that you, you think the world is, is almost a, not necessarily against you, but you have a self-concept, a self-image, a way things should be an expectation for life, an expectation of the duration of your life period, right? That's just an egoic way of even thinking of being like, Hey, I'm going to live to a hundred. Well, if you have that expectation, it goes back to the first noble truth of what Buddha says is that when he went off on his journey and came back many years later, he basically said, Hey, the cause of all suffering is expectation slash preferences, likes, dislikes. Now I added that in, but it's the, the expectation. And the expectation is I'm going to live to a certain, you know, d duration. Right. And I think people, um, whatever this expectation they have in this, that's ego too. So there's a whole bunch of different forms that it takes instead of understanding that there's something way beyond you. Like they just discovered the star Arendelle, right? Like, I don't know if you paid attention to that, like the Hubble telescope. 
which took like 15 years to make, 20 years to make. And they got it out there. And a couple months later, they found this star called Arendelle. It's the furthest star they've ever seen and recorded in history. By the way, it's 11.9 billion light years away. So what that means, just to give people um, a kind of uh, an illustration or an image, if you were to grab a light, uh, like one light year, uh, or, or basically one, if you were to grab a, a like a light beam, sorry, mm-hmm. if you were to grab a light beam, I was, <laughs> like I was could, looking for that. I was looking for yes, a light year. <laughs> yes, I know. Grab a light beam and you let it go. And in one second, the light travels around the, sur- the circumference of the earth mm-hmm. roughly. Right. So in one second, it goes around the whole earth. Mm-hmm. Imagine for 11.9 billion years, every second of those 11.9 billion years, that's how long it took the, 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 the uh, energy, the the light from that star to hit Earth. Just think about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Every second is one Earth circumference. 11.9 billion years of every second. Human sapiens have only been around for a couple million years, right? So think about billions of years. That's how long it took for that light to hit us. So the totality of how big everything yeah, is universe, the universe whatever you yeah. refer to it is so it's kind of like bringing that back into it is like wow this is not about me this is not about the weather that's happening there we're supposed to go on a trip and we're looking at the weather and uh it's like supposed to rain the whole time and, and my son's like why is it raining it's not even supposed to rain they have 350 years a day of 350 years 350 days of sunshine and it's raining for the next 10 days and I'm like, it's not happening to us. He goes, oh yeah, it is. <laughs> I was like, no, but we got to have that whole conversation. But where you're going with all of this is that, um, so how do you, ha- how do you merge both? Right. Right. How do you have goals and how do you bring them in there? Um, and there's a quote somebody sent to me this morning and it says, progress is acknowledging where you are and where you want to be without allowing the space between the two to cause you mental tension. If anything, it should inspire you to continue moving forward peacefully and diligently. Having goals without attachments produce faster results. When you hear that, what do you think? Well, what I, what made, <laughs> what that made me think about was, and I think where the mental tension comes in, especially for me, or it used to, was this space between wanting to feel content and peaceful and wanting to also achieve things. And for many, many years, I thought that content, first of all, I hated that word content, or I never even used the word peace, but just like content. I thought that was the worst word in the English dictionary. Um, I thought that contentment was the really the enemy or the opposite of success. So I could never feel contentment or could never feel peace because that would therefore mean I was not striving towards or being successful. Hmm. And then of course that would cause a ton of mental tension yes. between the two. And what I've learned over the past, particularly probably the past like three or four years is they can actually exist together and it is a much more fun Yes. Place to operate yeah. from. I always, um, thanks for sharing that. I always think about it. It was like Phil Jackson in his book. I have a quote there where he always talks about how his team got laser focused at the beginning of the year about what they were going to do to win the championship, how they were going to practice, how hard they did, how they showed up, all that stuff. And then he said, but when every time we got out to a game, we let go of the outcome. And they said, well, why would you let go of the outcome? Didn't you want to win? They go, of course we want to win, but we let go of the outcome of whether we did or not. And they said, well, why would you do that? And he goes, because it's much more fun that way. Mm. And I think that's just such a powerful way to see life, right? So it's kind of like the, in the, in the Bhagavad Gita, if you haven't read that, the Gita actually goes into a lot, there's a lot of lines about that in there, about 
be laser. It actually is, it uses the word being laser focused on your goals, right? But then never being laser focused on your goals for the personal need of the goal itself. Other way of saying that in a more easier way of having a goal without attachments produce faster results. So why would that happen? Number one is you get more in line with the flow, the Tao, the yin, the yang. You get in that middle in life and in, in, in the universe supports you. It's actually got your back at that point, right? Because what you're doing is, and it's, it's, if, if people are asking for something or trying to manifest something, you should try to manifest the, the fact that you are asking the universe to give you the highest and best use of you. Now it may not be what you want and that's where things come into play. But if you're asking for the highest and best use of you for your time that supports the world, the universe, that's a different than I need to go and get this goal for me to make myself feel better. or I need to get this money so I can buy this or whatever that is. Those things will come. But I think we get so caught up in like, at least when you start on this, I was actually going back a little bit, like when you start in your spiritual journey, your personal growth journey, you just become aware. So you become aware that you got this ego. You become aware that the way you've been doing things just isn't bringing the same level of peace that you are looking for in your life. That's why people get on this path, right? At some point they wake up and go, this just doesn't really, it's not wrong. It just doesn't really work. Well, I was going to just say that I think that that's the hard part is because it does work. It works in the sense that you get, you get what you want. I mean, to a certain degree, right? Like it's not like I didn't get what I wanted or I didn't achieve success operating that way. And I'm thinking of a million people who also don't like the word content who are very successful. So it's not that it doesn't work to get what you want in the like physical tangible world, which is why I think it's so hard to give up sometimes. I I think it's, I think it's, you think you're spot on your focus. Well, what it really is, is like what what I mean is what doesn't work is it doesn't turn you on forever. Meaning that doesn't give you that peace, that joy, that enthusiasm that that you're looking for. That's what doesn't work. And remember the only reason why people are looking for something is for the, either the experience or for the event or for the recognition or for the leadership, for the statue or for their name on a hospital or whatever it is. Most people are doing that. 99% of the world is doing that for a feeling. And that's what doesn't work. Well, let me, let me back up. It works temporarily. Right. Cause, yes. Because when you get what you want, you feel Feels awesome. Yeah. And then you get addicted to that quick little snapshot of that feeling. Right. And so therefore you go, then you go, well, I must have to go get something else by setting a goal to go get something else so I can feel that again. Right. And I better not get content or I better not rest yes. on my laurels or I better not. Um, Cause then I won't get that feeling anymore. Right. Or, and then I won't get what it is. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then I won't achieve anymore yeah. if I, you know, I'm content. Yeah. It becomes a dependency. You're actually, you're yeah. addicted to a drug. You're addicted to this quick little, and by the way, the event, the car, the name, the hospital, whatever it is, the event that is like uh, recognition in a magazine. It didn't give you anything, right? It's just words on there. So what it did is it actually turned your energy on. So it made you feel better inside. And that's what you're after. If, if money didn't make people feel good, they wouldn't go after money. Do you after money to make yourself feel good? I understand the practicality of making a certain amount of money to live. I'm not talking about that level, right? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the level of what people are going after to do, whether it's even taking a vacation. People wouldn't take a vacation if it didn't make you feel good. You have this expectation that you're trying to get some special moment out of life in the future instead of actually living life now. But anyways, people get caught up in these goals where they think that if I set another goal and I can get there, then I'll get that hit, that hit of dopamine. And it's true. You will. You'll feel good when you get what you want. It's true you do that's the problem with it because you feel good for a moment but it doesn't work 
And what I mean by that is it doesn't give you that enthusiasm, that joy. It's not the end all because if it was the end all, every time somebody got something, which started probably when you were a kid and you got whatever you wanted for Christmas, that you'd be done, <laughs> right? Because you're like, if I just had this new Nerf gun, it's going to be amazing. I just talk about for my own kids and they get the Nerf gun and they play for a little while. And they're like, if I could only have this other Nerf gun, it'd be even better. I'm like, look, do you see this game you're playing? Mm. And we don't stop as adults. So it's not that that, that just doesn't work, but you've convinced yourself that if I just keep getting that and grabbing that, that this new goal, this new achievement that I get to is going to keep, it just keeps you on this, this rat race. It keeps you on the hamster wheel. And that's what people need to become aware of that go, I know I'm doing this. And it doesn't mean you stop right away. That first step is like, I don't, I know that I'm not, I know that I'm doing this. I know that I'm spinning, but I can't really stop it. Right. I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday and they're like, I see the higher choice but this habit built in of me going after is still causing me to go after and make these decisions. I go, yeah, that's awesome though. That's still your awareness. It'll, it'll slowly start to move away from that. And then you'll start to actually find this new way of being able to have goals without, remember having a goal without, I think I would add the word without personal attachment, because really what you're doing is you're letting go of the outcome. Yeah. I was going to say that, that whole like rat race wheel thing, because I, I vividly remember feeling that way too. Like I got it. I was like, oh yeah, intellectually, I totally understand. You're right. I probably need to stop striving so much so that without the contentment and the, the satisfaction and like, oh, I, I really should do that. Sounds great. And it took like probably another year Yeah. before I was like, yeah. because you do have to learn to let go of the outcome. And that's like that second piece, yeah. which is really, really hard. Well, real spiritual growth is a really difficult thing. Because you're basically taking all the things that you think that you want and know and turning them upside down. Right. And that's why it's real spiritual growth is extremely painful because you're actually, there's actual, you know, I know of teachers that have talked to me about when they were going through the growth, they threw up. Like there's physical sensations. Um, there is, I mean, I heard Deepak Choka one time talk about how he was going through for years. He would be sick to the point he was almost dying and amazingly good. And it was all this whole spiritual energy release. Anyways, we're going down that whole path, but it's real spiritual growth is very difficult. It's actually the most difficult thing you ever do because it's actually you're with, you're withdrawing from this drug that's trying to keep you on it. And that's why it becomes a shapeshifter. It'll grab whatever. It doesn't care which way you go. So again, so how do you really start to have a goal? Because I think when people get into this kind of spiritual growth, personal growth, and they start going, well, then what's then the next kind of phase is like, well, what's the point of doing anything? <laughs> and I'll naturally, and we've heard that many times in Project You people and participants. Mm-hmm. Like, so what am I supposed to do, Adam? I'm just going to let go and just go hang out and not do anything anymore? Well, no. Because when you're at, when you're enthused and inspired and alive, like you, you may let go of the outcome, but man, you want to go create. And, and I love what this quote said, move forward peacefully and diligently. Yes. And that's what I think it is. Yes. Just to you do it from a different place. And you produce faster results. Yeah. So I've got a question though for you. You know, the, the first part of this quote where it's talking about that space between like acknowledging where you are and then where you want to go, which, or what you want to accomplish can sometimes be a week or it can be years between that. Like how do you prevent yourself from going into that mental anguish or mental tension during that space? Yeah. I think the first thing is that you need to go into this knowing that you are committed to doing whatever it takes to let go of that mental tension. It's just like we talked the last time on our podcast about partnerships. It's like going into a partnership. You have to go into the partnership knowing that you want to be in a partnership. So it's like, where did you set your aim? 
right? Do you set your aim on the activity or do you, to get this thing? Or you set the aim on the highest point, which is I want to use this as a way to let go of the part of me that has this mental tension. And it doesn't mean you're going to do it perfectly, but you have to keep your sight there. That becomes your aim. So you become using life as a way to let go as things unfold. And because the mental tension is what's showing you what you can let go of. Can we, let's, can we get, I give you a real world example yes. and you tell me how you would work through this. And we'll talk about real estate because there's a lot of mental tension in real estate right now or potential mental anguish for buyers particularly. And since my parents are buying a home, I personally experience this on a daily basis. So, okay, they've identified the fact that they want to buy a home. It's been probably over a year since they've been on this process. It's causing a lot of tension because they know they want a house and they don't have one yet. So what do you... Well, first is you what let do, you do. Yeah. Well, first, I mean, yeah, absolutely. There's the same variation of the same answer, which is first you let go of the expectation. Which you still have is, the goal of having a house. You let right. go of having, let go of the expectation of needing it at a certain time. Right. Okay. That's the, that's the first step in doing that. Then you work diligently. Right. Then you get a better result. Something will show up the minute you let go of and that part. Peacefully, which I think is the missing. Yes. It doesn't remember. It doesn't mean that you become inactive. It doesn't mean you don't go after your goal. It doesn't mean as an NBA team, you're not practicing harder as nothing. If you lose, you don't go, Oh, we lost. We let go of the outcome anyways. We're not going to do anything. No, you may reroute. You may get new players. You may take action. I get, I, I definitely get that part. Like that you keep, you keep, but it's but as you keep doing payment. it, but you yeah. keep letting go of the need to go correct what's not actually happening right now. And that's where people get the mental tension comes in is because they have yes. the expectation. And the only reason why expectation comes in is because you're actually resisting what is. It all comes down to it. You're resisting the fact that you, you don't, don't have, a house have, yet. have what you want yes. yet. Yeah. It all comes down to the same thing. So they go like, I'm not happy and I have this stress because I don't have a house. If you let go, you're still going to be in the same position. Understand in a moment you could let go and say, I recognize I don't have a house. I'm going to go about finding a house in a different manner. Remember, spirituality is not changing what you're doing. It's changing the part of you that's doing it. Mm -hmm. So if you change the part of you that's going through this process, it becomes, oh my God, I know where we're going to live. Right. <laughs> it's and, crazy. And just like, yeah, I was going to say more fun and more peaceful. Yes. You just actually enjoy your life more. Yeah. That's what the whole point of all of this is. is spiritual. How do you do that though? Well, you, you literally you, three, two, one, relax. I was like, how do you get someone else to do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, they have, well, first of all, like they have to, they have to be really willing to see the reality, accept the awareness of it, and then do the real work themselves. Yeah. And that's where it comes in. You know, as you know, um, my dad actually had a heart attack, right? So one of the things when he was, when he was going through there and he's, he's stable, but when he was going through there, he's like, he was resisting life in the beginning, which mm -hmm. probably a natural thing to do. It's like, this is not real. And he was almost trying to convince the doctors by their questions to convince him that this wasn't an issue for him. Right. And the first thing I said to my dad is I said, Hey, you know, um, uh, well, first of all, uh, you know, we, we kind of, you know, we, we practice what we, we preach and, and all this stuff. And he called me like three times. I was getting my haircut and I picked up the fourth time and he's like, he was, you know, hysterical, you know, and he's like I'm having a heart attack and driving myself to the hospital. First, like, I'm like, well, why are you driving yourself to the hospital? <laughs> but I became very calm. I became very peaceful because the reason, the only reason why I did, because I was literally in this in the chair and the hairdresser afterwards was like, I don't think I've ever seen anybody. Cause I talked to him all the way to the hospital for about 15 minutes until he actually yeah. walked into the ER and they hung up his phone. And, uh, She's like, I don't think I've ever seen anybody be in that situation so calm. Mm. And, and what I said, well, what was the difference that I get all riled up about it and rile him up? I said, cause my dad was right. going in. He's like, what's going to happen? And I go, dad, well, what? he asked me like three times. And so finally I was like, well, what's going to happen is number one, you're going to die. Number two, you're going to get through this. 
That's the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We're going to get through this. And it's kind of help reassure him that way. Right. But that's the reality. What I, when I told him that though, he, he just got quiet and he's like, yeah, okay. Like I can like, almost like just people just need to be grounded again. So it's just like, and we just kind of walk through there and anyways, he got on there. Um, and you know, the whole time, like he was just, it was one thing after another, you know, kind of getting into it. And it was a lot about, he's like, I think I'm in a dream. I'm like, well, let's, let's, I get it. Let's understand that this is actually, this has happened. Happening, yeah. We, can, we can't, we, yeah. it's already happened. So, and he's like, I don't know why it's happening. I said, by definition, it was supposed to happen. I said, for one, number one, you have a 99% clogged artery and you didn't die and your health and your heart is like super healthy. You should be grateful for that time. And now he's, you know, he's, you know, 10 days into this and he hasn't smoked a cigarette for 50 years. It's the first time for 10 years to smoke a cigarette. I'm like, think about it. And he told me a couple of days ago when I was in the hospital visiting him, he's like, I, he, you can see the resolve in him. Like he was like, I'm never smoking a cigarette again. But the first two days he was like, yeah, I'll probably smoke again. Cause it wasn't serious enough. Mm-hmm. So it's like now all of a sudden it's, it's there. And this goes for any health condition. I'm just using it as an example, but it goes for anything. Like, you know, any, you know, when you become unattached to life and this kind of goes to the universal principle of unattachment or surrender, if you truly surrender to life, then it's indifferent when you die. It just is. And the reason is, is because you're not trying to get something more from life. You've already experienced it fully. It doesn't mean you look for it. It doesn't mean you try to want to. It doesn't mean you don't do the work. It doesn't mean you don't make healthy. It doesn't mean any of that. It's the same thing in business. But the ultimate universal principle principle is a true yogi, somebody who's detached from the world, untethered from the world. Mm-hmm. They're in the world, but not of it. Meaning they're not caught to needing special things and experiences from it. It isn't different when they die because they're already whole and complete. Mm-hmm. And they, and they've made peace with that fact. And so I think the same thing, even in business, you can make peace with your business. You can make peace with buying a house. And the minute what you do is you just, you just understand that same principle that I'm going to surrender to something that's larger than me. Then what you'll find is this new level of action that comes in, but that's where people get scared because they go, if I let go of this new thing, this, this, the word contentment, right? If I let go of this ambition, if I let go of this drive and people go, well, hasn't my drive gotten me where I am, Adam? Yeah. And I go, that's a wonderful question. And go, right. It has. And how are you doing? Well, fine. Well, look, look what I've accomplished. Exactly. And then I go, well, how are you really doing? And they're like, I hate my life. Yeah. Well, it's not <laughs> as bad as that, but yeah. I go, yeah, you've accomplished a shit ton. That's awesome. Is that really what you want now? Yeah. And I go, no, we wouldn't be talking if it was right. I wouldn't, you know, so it's like, I get it. Yes. Your drive has driven you to this and you've got that wonderful. Check that box. Did it really work for you? And people, and sometimes people even go further. They go, yeah, of course it worked for me. I'm taking care of my family. I'm building a legacy. Like Great. I'm like, so then what? Then what's next after that? Well, I built this whole thing and I go, okay, well, tell me what's next. I said, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> why are you getting angry with me just asking this question? Well, and I, and I was just going to say, sometimes it's not even about the what's next in those situations. Sometimes it's like, okay, I, I've, I've, yeah, okay. I've accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. It's not necessarily what's next. It's a... What am I going to lose if I stop? So sometimes yeah. it's not a getting more. It's yeah. holding on holding to it all together. Right. That's that's the other form yeah. of egoic level, right? And because now once you get it, now you got to now you got to hold it. Now you got to protect it. You got to make a certain amount of money. You can't go back. Can't let me see it. So it just becomes this whole. You just become fearful no matter what. You go and get billions of dollars, and now you're worried about how you're going to spend it. How are you going to hold on to it? You go and you get your, it's anything you could go, like you get your health back. Then all of a sudden you're worried, is it going to happen again? How am I going to hold my health? All of this, you have a relationship. I can't lose this person. Can't lose my kids. Can't do any of that. So again, the universal principle, of all this, the absolute truth is that if you become truly detached from life, then you will live the most peaceful, joyous, fruitful, by the way, and fruitful in whatever that means, money, 
things if they come your way. And you'll actually make the largest contribution to the world because you're using the highest form that you can. That's it. I mean, that's really, you're going to say something though. Well, I was just going to kind of, as you're talking about your dad and I was thinking about the whole house, like the house situation. Um, I don't know if you said this word, but I kept thinking the word um, acceptance and that that was like the, that's like the first piece your dad needed to accept yes. reality and, and where he was. And, and I'm just thinking about the, you know, buying a home or any buyer, but particularly with my parents, I don't think they've really accepted the fact that buying a home is hard right now Yes, or it's not, you know, it isn't just them that's experiencing challenges. They have to accept that home prices are higher now. And if they do want to buy a home, they are going to be paying a premium right now. If they want to, if they, you know, I don't think some of the acceptance almost needs to happen first before you can get to that next place of peace and letting go of the outcome. Well, sure. It's, it's the awareness of it. And then you accept Accept exactly where you are and then you actually start seeing a different path. That's what people don't realize is once you actually accept, that's where it says in this last course is having goals without attachments, accepting it, right? It's another way of saying it produces faster results. Right. And the reason why you get faster results is because you're not causing this mental tension anymore. You're not right. causing that disturbance well, that's and resi- inside. Resisting you're not resisting life. What is, yeah. Yeah, and so that's why you build up stress because you start resisting things that are happening. And again, it's, look, we're not saying that when hard things happen, it's not hard to do it. Use whatever technique, do mantra, do yoga, right? Go to a chant, you know, pray, whatever works for you to kind of release the mental tension, do it. You, know, you want to know what sometimes I say? <laughs> What's that? I mean, I think this is funny. Um, because obviously, because Bill is in law enforcement, so sometimes we like joke around and we just say "stop resisting" <laughs> yes, because that's it's ex- a, like law yeah, enforcement. But also, it totally works in this case yeah, too. It does stop resisting? Yeah, yeah, it really does. Uh, but that's exactly it. You can yeah. just, you play with your mind. I always kind of think about it as like I was like I was referred to as like that little dude in there is going crazy right now. Yeah. So it's kind of like that third because it really is. You get to hear the voice, and that's really what that voice is, and 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 where it goes. Um, and it's like, you know, my, my kids were talking, we're not going to go too much in the war thing, but it's just a terrible situation because I, I read this morning that um, Vladimir Putin said that what he's doing in Ukraine is noble. Did you see that, by the way? He said, no, what, do you, he said what he's that. doing is, is noble. And so my son's like, well, how, how does he think that's, that's that case? And I said, well, because his mind has convinced him. Right. And from his perspective, it, that's, it what, is. that's what it, I mean. That that's what I'm true. saying. He yeah. believes we all, I, I mean, I think you and I understand how horrible the situation is correct but he believes what he's doing is right so didn't right. hitler exactly they actually believe what they're doing is right and that's the only way they believe that is if your mind has convinced them has convinced you right that what you're doing is right over and over and over again and that's the only reason that's the only way you can continue down that path it's like that that podcast that i that's the reason why i mentioned that podcast in the beginning is so i was going to bring it up with that um cyber criminal mm. He said that what they, he said the difference between cyber criminals is different. He said they just convinced themselves that what they're doing is not bad. Well, and then uh, we were talking before we got on the podcast about the, the book I'm reading, My Friend Anna, which is now that I think HBO or Netflix series, Inventing Anna, about the fake German heiress, Anna Delvey or Anna Sorokin, because she went by a couple different names. Same thing. She clearly convinced yeah. herself that what she was, there was nothing wrong with what she was doing. Now, she may also have had some, you know. Yeah mental health issues or whatever. But, um, but think about it, even, in, but regardless, yeah. she thought what she was doing is right. My brother and I were talking about this, um, at the hospital and he's like, you know, uh, 
I, you know, I'm a really pretty good human being. And he's like, I've done some things that have like, I've convinced myself that were okay. Then look at the, look, they may have been breaking the law, but like small things, like when he was like in high school and teenagers and stuff like that. Like, but like, and it's true. Like that's what I mean. Like we've all done that. And we've convinced ourselves to do that. Even like texting while you're driving. I'm not, we've convinced ourselves we need to check that. I mean, so people, cause people instantly go like, Oh, I can never do that. Well, back up. You do it to a lesser degree to what's socially somewhat acceptable. I'm not saying texting and driving is not, you shouldn't do that by by any means at all. Um, in fact, you can get a lot of trouble for doing that. However, we've, we all, let's not all like take a stab at everybody else. We've all convinced ourselves to do that. And again, that's the mind. Right. It's just a different degree. It's just a different degree of what it is. Yeah. We're convincing ourselves, like whether you cheat on your spouse, whether you cheat on your taxes, whether you take a shortcut for something that you shouldn't be doing, or whether you exaggerate the truth of something, we all make up these stories about why it's okay that we do that. And it's not, you're just the one witnessing and then you're acting from that. So again, if you actually start letting go of these attachments, all of that stuff doesn't show up and you're actually just left with the purity of the moment. Mm. And that's why like these amazing moments that people have, they feel such euphoric highs. They would never need to exaggerate. They would never need to check their email at that point in time if they felt like that, because it's just, it's not what you do. You're just much more in harmony with what things are happening. And that's what, that's what people are after. You know, it's so funny to think though, like as a human sapien, right? Because, you know, um, last night we were having dinner with my dad and, uh, I said that I was like, you know, it's really so funny as like Americans, as we know it in a thousand years, people will kind of reference it. Like we reference Neanderthals. I mean, it's true. Like, do you remember, like, I'm like, they're like, well, I don't think I was like, well, name me a Neanderthal. Tell me what they're about. Not the species. Tell me a per Right. And it's like, you know, or a, you know, uh, uh, you know, anybody that has lived, you know, that some species that used to be there, I say species that was human beings that used to be there besides globally talking about them. None of their like Kings and stuff like that are really ever even thought about it again. And so at some point, a thousand years, 2000 years down the road, which is a blink, by the way, in time, Mm -hmm. it's a blink considering that we've been here for four billion years, right? Just earth. We're blink for a couple thousand years. They'll go, remember those Americans? Remember when the countries were actually like that? Well, I'm serious. Yeah, I know. It's kind of crazy to think about. It is, but what it does is it pulls you outside of yourself and go, okay, is this thing a really of a big deal? Can I accept that? Right. Can I accept the fact that I haven't bought a house yet mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of what we got going on? And you go, the minute you go, yeah, I can accept that. You just go about, you may still not find one for six months. You may find a house quicker, but you're just, you're just living life from a deeper sense of you. Again, that's the spirituality is not changing what you do. You still go about your business. You get married, you have kids, you have businesses, you have things, you have vacations, you have all that stuff, but none of that you're doing to try to fulfill you. You're already fulfilled. And those are just things that you get to experience. You just, you're just wonderful. It's like, you know, we were getting a swab done this morning cause we we're traveling out of the country. There's a line of people for going for, for break and stuff like that. And they're like, Oh my God, I need a vacation so bad. And I just can't wait. And I just heard that. And I wanted to jump in and be like, cause you know, well, I'm I'm sure, say, yeah. Yeah. but like it's, it's, I get it. I get the sentiment of people doing it, but it's, they're basically saying, I want to escape from my life for, so I can feel good for that the moment and then come back to it. I'm like, why don't you do the work so you don't ever have to escape from your life? And then when you do travel to that place, it just becomes a wonderful experience. I, I think I know, I obviously know the answer to this, but I am just curious. I mean, like what, how do you approach that when you, like you guys are going on vacation? Yeah. I'm sure your kids are looking forward to it. Yeah. You're probably looking forward to it. 
like, are you like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to go? Or are you like, what's the emotion around it for you? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, mean, I, I don't feel any different and any vacation that I'm on. You're just going to be you in a different place. Yeah. It's, gonna, yeah. it's just, it's really what it is. And I like, pretty much feel the same well, Because you've done too. a lot of work. Like you just, you, you, and, and don't get me wrong. It's not like a bland, like, oh, I'm just going to be you. I already yeah. feel freaking great. Yeah. I right, feel right. great waking up. I feel great being with you, talking on this podcast. I feel great being in business. I feel great running. I feel great spending time playing right. basketball with my kids. And then I'll feel great on vacation. So yeah. it's not that you're not. So people sometimes say that and they're like, oh, it must be just, you must be fun to be on vacation with. I'm like, you're missing the whole you're point. Like, yes, I am. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, I, you surrender, right? Yeah. So, but anyways, it's it just, what it means is that like, yes, you're there and you, and you see a new experience. You see an ocean, you see a whale or you go fishing or whatever it is. And those are wonderful experiences, but they're not making me better. They're not, they're, well, meaning what I mean is they're not, they're not giving me this new sense of energy in my life. Right. I'm sharing it and it may open me up to a different way. That's right, wonderful. You may learn something new or yes, those are awesome. you and you have a, a different country yes, or and whatever. you have a bigger yeah. experience. You should go get as many experiences as you want if that's your thing. But it, you're not doing any of that to try to compensate for how you feel. And I guess that's the better word I would use is what people yes. are trying to do is they're going on vacation to compensate for something in their life. It's like you're trying to water a leaf by growing the tree. It doesn't work. You have to water the roots. So if you do the real work, right? If you do the real work that's there, then you can go wherever you want and you just start to enjoy it. And then, then by the way, that brings it into business because then you can go have these laser focus goals. You can build a billion dollar company or a thousand dollar company. It's irrelevant because you still have that same amount of joy and you're building what you're building mm -hmm. and you still lead and you have all these challenges and you're just going to wake up and again, yes, experiences feel different than others, right? Experiences making money feel different than losing money, but we're the only ones that has this expectation that one feels better than the other. You didn't come out going, man, if I make money and I lose money, I'm messed up, right? No, like we've now had this, again, first noble truth, the cause of all suffering is expectation. We have an expectation that we have to make a certain amount of money and we don't hit that. We don't do it. By the way, you hit it. Then you find out your friend did $5,000 more. Now you're suffering again. Warren Buffett says that really well, right? He's like, you go make a $5 million bonus. You find out your friend over there made a $5 million one bonus. And now you're suffering. Explain yeah. that to me, right? I know. And it's crazy, but so, it's so true. true. And it's the same thing. You're on this wonderful vacation. Maybe you went and you had a wonderful stay home vacation. And all of a sudden someone comes back and like, oh, I was in Aruba. It was amazing. And you go, now I, now I should have been in Aruba. Well, I'm just giving you all these I examples mean, that your mind does. So, true, yeah. so it comes down to the universal principle about to have more peace and faster, more, uh, faster results is always comes back to surrender. And like I said, in an email to our project, you group this morning, you surrender. And then once you feel like you've surrendered, you surrender again. Because most people have an intellectual surrender, yeah, but they haven't surrendered, surrendered. Correct. So you surrender and then you surrender again and then you surrender more and you surrender more and you realize there's a deeper level of surrender every time until you fall back and surrender and then you get to move through life. Well, it's just naturally everything shows up. You just surrender to it. And again, but doesn't, you may still, you may work 20 out of 24 hours a day during that period. You may work one hour a day. Mm -hmm. It's not about your energy because like, your energy is already through the roof. I mean, Michael Singer is such a great example of that because the guy built a billion dollar business, didn't care about the money, but he's like, I worked seven days a week because just my energy, it was, I never felt burnt out because yeah. I'm already whole and complete again. So it comes back to progress is acknowledging where you are and where you want to be without allowing the space between the two cause you mental tension. And so again, if you have mental tension right now, you're resisting something in your life. Yes. The first step is to what can I surrender to? And then how do I surrender even more? And then even more about letting this go. And when you do that, 
right? You will, you will move forward more peacefully and diligently. And you start to, and what, what naturally starts to happen, you start letting go of the outcome without you having to think it. And you become, you start getting the result faster and you have more peaceful life. That's really the, the ultimate goal, but you don't, it's not like a light switch for most of us. It's very slow. So all of a sudden you go, Hey, that didn't bother me as much anymore. I didn't have to really let go of this anything. I just naturally let it go. It just becomes breathing. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just, it's, you know, breathing is one of those only, you know, one of those, um, uh, I guess maybe one of the only organs that you can control and it controls it itself. Like meaning you can, yes. you can change and regulate your breathing, but then when you stop, it, it does it on its own. Yeah. And that's why people always go to your breath because you can actually control that, which regulates a lot of your system and slows you down and gets all that stuff and why it's such a breath work is so powerful at times, right? It's the, what is it? Autonomous, uh, autonomous and non-autonomous, whatever those words are. Anyways, so the same thing, you know, in your life is like, how do I, how do I surrender more? How do I accept that? And then knowing, but having trust in something, the fact that there's billions of stars out there and trillions of galaxies out there, that something larger than you knows what's going on. And that's really what the ultimate surrender comes down to is that surrendering of life of knowing that there's so much more beyond you way beyond earth, way beyond your kids, way beyond your business. That is so much larger that created this that we just, you can't, you can't go to your mind to answer that question though. Cause your mind does only knows the experience that you've had since birth and death period. Cause the mind dies when you die, you don't die, but the mind does. So it only knows 20 years or 40 years or 50 years worth of data. Everything else is powering that and created the mind, by the way, it'd be like your hammer talking to you and your hammer is telling you how to go run your life. And you're like, well, it doesn't know anything. Right. Yeah. But that's what people are doing with their minds. Instead of actually just knowing that there's something larger, which is what happens when you surrender. When you surrender, you stop listening to the mind dictate or ruin your life or, you know, you put it's running your life, put an eye in there, ruining your life. And you start finding the middle way, which is what Eastern philosophy has been teaching us for thousands of years. The yin, the yang, the Tao, right? All of that is pointing to the middle way. And then when you truly surrender to that, that's that place that you have peace, better results. I mean, who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't sign up? I want more peace, more enthusiasm, more joy, and actually better results. Yes. But they may not be the results that you want, meaning the the mind wants. It may be something different. It may be the exact same thing. You don't know. But you will be at the highest state that you can be when you choose surrender. Hey, thanks for hanging with Hallie and I today and for listening to the show. However, if you are interested in getting a short email from me in your inbox each Tuesday when a new episode drops, you can. These emails are super short. I just cover whatever I happen to be thinking about each week, whether that's an article or a quote I've shared, a book I've read, or a new product that I'm loving. Plus info on the latest episode of Business Meets Spirituality. If that sounds like something you want to check out, we'd love you to. Just go to adamhergenrother.com forward slash email.